All right, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is episode number 82 of WT Watercooler. Today we're talking about It's Not You, It's Me, Resolving Client Problems. It's you. It's totally me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go around the room here real quick and get everyone introduced. We're going to start in alphabetic order with Mr. Alex. Hey, everybody. I am Alex Vasquez. I run a uh, digital creative agency called DigiSavvy. I uh, organize a meetup in Pasadena, and... Along with uh, Natalie McLeese, I uh, organize WordCamp uh, Los Angeles, and that's all I have to say about that. Did you comb your hair today? I actually, I just woke up like this. <laughs> True story. You woke up without a lower third, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, Carrie, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Carrie, tell us about yourself. Oh, I said Gary. <laughs> <laughs> she forgot her name. <laughs> I am Carrie Bills. I blog over at CarrieBills.com. You can tweet me at CBills. And uh, I'm a co organizer of the Fort Meetup and currently uh, working with a team to assemble the DFW Work Camp 2014. And that's all I have to say about that. Very nice. How about you, Greg? I'm Greg Taylor. Uh, I run Marketing Press uh, here in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, we work with uh, mostly small businesses and startups. Nice. How about you, Kareem? Hi, I'm Kareem Maruki. Uh, I run Crowd Favorite out of Los Angeles, Denver, and other associated cities, and uh, I'm with client work out here. Nice. Mark? Hi, um, I'm Mark Bansacane, and I am with the ServerPress team. We make desktop server for local website development, and I'm also an, a co-organizer for the Milwaukee WordCamp, and our website just went uh, live today, 2014.milwaukee.wordcamp.org. The best WordCamp in the Midwest. What's the date? Uh, the, the date, um, well, if you go to the website, you'll it is July, uh, July 25th, 26th, and 27th. Yes, I am a co-organizer. That's right. Good <laughs> hands. Speaking of other co-organizers, how about you, Natalie? Hello, I'm Natalie MacLeese, founder and principal of Purple Pen Productions. Yeah, co-organizer of WordCamp LA, and I run the LA WordPress Meetup. And she's awesome. Everyone I know. No, no, but everyone I know can agree on that. Like and we don't all agree on most things. What what you have to do what you have to do say is you have to go on LinkedIn and find all the trolls that Natalie is fighting with. So yeah. those are the those are the people that would disagree, but they all suck anyway, so whatever. Alright, how about you say all of LinkedIn. Oh me. Hi, I'm Say Reed. I do stuff with WordPress. Uh, I teach uh, small business owners how to use WordPress so that they don't have to pay web developers a million dollars. That's all. Hi. I only charge half a million. I know. And we charge over a million. Yeah, you do. How about you, Steve? <laughs> I am Steve Zankin. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. Sweet. Suzette. Hello, everybody. I'm Suzette Frank. I'm the WordPress evangelist over at Media Temple. And I have a new podcast that was just renamed with Natalie McLeese called WPUnicornProject.com. That's this week, right? Thursdays at 11. What's next week's name? Yeah. Or Unicorn. That's all I want to know. On our next show, actually. Like Unicorn? 
No, you can say it's like Unicron from the Transformers. Or like uniform, like an outfit. Who who will be your next guest? Steve. Steve will be my next guest. Yes. Yay. Yay. David Walton. Like everybody's been on. It's fun. Straight in the barrel. Oh, Straight not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. Suzette. Hey, so what are we talking right about here. today? What are we talking about today? Wait, one second. Wait, one second. My name is Jason. <laughs> I found at WP Media Pro. I blog over there, and you can also find me on Twitter at Jason Tucker. And I haven't been on your show yet. No. Miss Susan. I was like, talking about. You booked about Steve before me. everybody on there, but yeah, I totally want to What are we talking about today? We're talking about, talking about <laughs> resolving client problems. Yeah. We're this show now. <laughs> Talk about resolving water cooler problems, shall we? Not Talk you. Talk about how guys. Steve and I have argued over this for months and months. Debates. It's a healthy debate. It's a healthy it debate. What's the debate? What are the sides? Come with it. Yeah, Steve, well, let's, let's, Steve let's, thinks it's him, and Cream thinks it's him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, let's talk first about what's, what's an actual problem. What's the client problem? Oh, I thought we were going to define what a client is first. Well, <laughs> no, we, all know, we all know what a client is, but... Your face is a problem. Your <laughs> is a problem. What's an actual client problem? Not getting content. Okay. Ooh. People yeah. who want things to be bluer. Explain yeah, well, no, no, no. Well, scope creep, obviously. Scope creep. Is, is, that a, is that a problem? That they're designers. That's a problem. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's, so, I mean, I don't know. Hey, Steve, how do you define a problem? Well, everything I've heard so far is really possibly a misalignment of expectations. It's all about setting those expectations. So what if we define a problem as a misalignment of expectations? Well, is that a <laughs> problem or is hey. that a vendor problem? Definitely you, a vendor problem. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Kareem. Definitely a vendor problem. Okay. And by vendor, you mean you yourself. Constantly, you constantly need to be able to uh, communicate and then realign those expectations if something changes. And we talked about scope creep back in episode 32, if you guys want to check that one out. So that's actually what Kareem and I debate about, I think, is scope creep. Yes. So somebody, Alex said scope creep is a problem, right? Is that, is that what you said, Alex? I, I did mention that, yes. Okay. So um, I think... I think one of the things that I uh, that I dealt with early on in projects is just uh, you know not not really bullet pointing everything that that needed to to get delivered and then you know having clients kind of come back and start saying well you know what about doing A B and C and then these different things you know and and then me just saying, oh, yeah, I guess that won't take too much time. Oh, that won't take too much time. And then things start to snowball out of control. I just saw dollars and... pop up on Steve's head. So, no, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, Steve, Steve loves... Well, Steve loves never-ending projects. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I haven't yeah, that, heard... That's... Out of the whole story you just told, I haven't heard of a client problem yet. Well, no, it, but it is a problem, though. If you, if you, as you said, you don't manage your expectations properly, then things can get out of control, like, really easily. And that's something that I used to deal with quite a bit. So, uh, you know, Scope Creek, where you haven't managed that right up front, is a problem. So who on the, who on the water cooler feels... And I'm not saying it's the client's fault. I'm not saying it's the client's fault. I'm saying that in that instance, you know, that, that responsibility is on me to set that expectation. And, and there was a time where I didn't do that. 
I think if it's, a, if it's not about whether it's a client's problem or a vendor's problem, if it's a problem, it's everybody's problem because it's the project's problem. So whether it's always falls to the vendor to resolve the problem because the client is the one paying for it. So I think you know if you can't resolve the problem because it really is the client's problem, you maybe have to get rid of the client. But everything else you have to deal with is the vendor's problem because you're the one providing the service. Absolutely. You know, we need, you know, we try to make our clients accountable for different milestones, you know, throughout the project also. And if, if the, those milestones aren't met, then they can become a problem. That's when we take a, a moment to pause and have a conversation about it. Do they need help with giving us content? Do they need help with this? Do they understand exactly what's going on with it? And are those expectations set out uh, or set set? Are those expectations communicated at the onset of the project? Yeah. So when we when we develop a a, a, pr a proposal and a timeline for the project, what we do is we say, you know, for us to hit this deadline, we need X, Y, and Z from you. For from us to do, you know, the next step, we may need these things from you also. And, and Greg, what happens when those things are delayed for your team? So a lot of times they are delayed because we don't live in a perfect world. So what happens is typically. You know, you get the sense a couple days ahead of time that things are going to be delayed. We'll just put in a phone call or an email and say, do you need help with this? Is there anything that we can do to help you? How can we keep this project on track? It's in the best interest of both of our businesses to keep it on track. What can we do to help? So, so you use your spidey sense in order to detect problems. I need to get that. i got to work on that. are going to be a problem again. You know, I can that there's a problem. <clears throat> no, I'm a big fan of using the app on the iPhone that actually uses voice because Whoa. that's an instant way to get the client's attention. Like the voice though? Like the phone. The phone? I like using the device that records my voice. Do I have to download that? I don't, where is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that does. Clients, does that have followers on that? I don't so know. I'm, I'm with Kareem. Well, um, part of the one of the worst forms of communication when you're dealing with expectations or a problem is right. email. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it shocks them out of the regular email or chat or whatever form that they're normally getting if you call them and say, hey, we're going to have a problem if we don't meet this expectation. And it's going to be us. your problem, not Plus, my problem. <laughs> with, an email, with an email, you can't hear the intent or the tone. Right. It's, it's the easy to misinterpret the communication in an email. Yep. Same so thing. I, so all caps does not work. Well, I would. I I completely agree with that, and I actually have a project that I that I'm working on where you know it needs to get delivered pretty soon here, and there's been a lot of email going back and forth, uh, just to, as far as a few other items that need to get cleaned up. And you know, I, I called that client. And I said, "Hey, look, you know, this is where I'm at with these things." And you know, the emails were pretty tense, uh, but you know, doing the phone call as Kareem suggested was was absolutely the right call in that case. How do you case. know if your email is tense? Well, one if you have to question the intent, you should definitely put in a phone call. And, and even better than a phone call, if you can do it, is a face-to-face. Face-to-face. Absolutely. Emails are too easy to ignore. Yep. I have a client um, who had a, I have a little story to tell about how to manage, uh, not the scope creep, but the, the vendor problems. So a client that I was working with, uh, I wasn't doing the de development, I was just advising they um, 
the developer actually put into the contract that if they were behind, they would start to return payment to the cl to their client who they were building the site for. And now that it's, this is a Magento site, by the way, not a WordPress site, but um, that now the the web developer is literally cutting checks back to the uh, client, which I just I and the 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 web developer is the person who put that into the contract, so that's, I, that's, that's one way to deal with it, I guess, like kind of penalize yourself. From <laughs> 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 a process standpoint, I mean, it's more important to know why, why are you behind on a project? You know, is it something that your team isn't doing or, you know, are you not holding the end of your bargain, end of the bargain? So, so yeah. let's say expectations weren't, weren't aligned, the project goes awry, this stuff happens all the time, and now things have gotten heated. Okay. In email or in person? And it, it just period. The relationship has become strained. It's heated. What do you do? Stop writing emails immediately. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good first start. <laughs> and then no matter what the happens, country right after that. <laughs> don't get defensive. Okay. I, yes. Three tiers for what Kareem said. Be yep. calm. Be respectful. And approach so it from a how can we let's let's get this going back in the right direction. Not in the right. I, I've talked about this at the meetup before. You know, one of the first things I do is just breathe. Just start just start start breathing. It's con you weren't doing that before. I try to breathe every day. It's, yeah, it's, whether I need it or not. Work that more into your rotation, Steve, because <laughs> maybe that might be causing some issues in the first place. <laughs> let, let me let me let me let me let me talk let me let me clarify that. Okay. okay. So the client, client calls, they're yelling, or I get an angry email, and I can tell a client is pissed off. First thing I do is just take a deep breath. Take take a step back, take a deep breath, because I want to. At that point, I want to remain calm. Because like Kareem said, I don't want to react. That's no. the worst thing you can do is just react. Yeah, because you're coming. You shouldn't take it personal. You should always like maintain a professional, no matter what. Even if they start attacking you um, verbally, just like. Let it roll off your back. Be nice. That's a great point, Suzette, because it's not personal. So the worst thing that I, I can do, along with what you were saying, Steve, is, re is react emotionally. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's exactly what I want to do sometimes, you know. And that's where, you know, taking a, you know, taking a walk or just doing something to get my mind out of it. Because then I can come back and I can look at their email objectively and say, okay. This guy really is a jerk. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I was having a conversation with Alex Vasquez once about a, a client, and he brought up a very good point, which is, even if it's the client's fault, bring it up in a way that you're not blaming the client. I sure. need that content, not you didn't get me the content. Right. Mm -hmm. One one thing to do, if like uh, to reflect what Craig was just saying, is if I want to react, I might hit reply on the email, start typing out the email I want to say, but the first erase thing to do the two is, fields. First thing I do is erase the two erase so the that two I never it. So I'll type it all out, get it out of my system, yep. and then form a response. Well, I, I have a question. I have a question for those people dealing with large organizations where there's, you know, like a chain of command where, you know, you do have, you're having issues with a, a client in that, in that chain of command. How do you, how do you get through to that person or even go around them? And I know just Steve call, and Kareem. Just call their boss. It's that works it, every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd like to hear from, so I'm, I'm like joking. Hear from Steve and Kareem on that. I'm and joking. Just do not do that. <laughs> I'm joking. Kareem, you go first. Well, okay. 
So it, it is key to understand when to go around the middle manager, if there is a middle manager. It, it's almost never Yeah. Until, until there is no coming back from saving that relationship with that middle manager. The minute you burn that bridge, you're not going to get work again. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I agree with 100% with Kareem. I'd say never. I would, And I, I said it jokingly, I would never call somebody's boss. I will deal directly with the person that... Uh, I'm reporting to that, that that I'm answering to, and try to resolve the issue with them. So I, I cannot come up with a case ever where I've had to call. This go is something somebody. I think that the developers forget and the clients forget. That I think you know, in addition to breathing, is really important to remember is that theoretically, everybody doing this, building this site, is on the same team and has the same goal, which is build the best website, build the website that meets the client's needs, that meets the developer's needs. Everybody gets paid. The developer gets paid. The uh, client gets their website. Like that's the ultimate goal. And I think that when you're going back and forth, and when the client feels like they have this pressure to get this stuff, and they don't really understand what you're doing, and then the developer's like, "Why can't you just give me this stuff? I don't understand what you're doing." Like everybody forgets that they're actually on the same team. And I think that that is something that you know needs to be brought back into it. Like you know, when you're talking to your client, be like. I want you to, I want this to happen. I want this project to be on track. I want us to get to this. So let's find something that, that meets everybody's needs. Because it's not a competition between the developer and the, the client, even though it often becomes this weird power struggle. Well, you also have to know, you, you, you know, if you can understand what their intentions are for the project, too, is sometimes, especially if you're dealing with, you know, middle management, they want to look good to their boss. They don't want to look bad. So that's one of the things that we always stress is, you know, we did some persona building for our business, and we figured out when we deal with these people, these are the things that are important to them. So we want to speak in such a way where there's, you know, where we welcome them onto our team or us onto their team, and we can truly collaborate because, again, like you said, say, you know, the goal is to get them a great-looking site, you know, to, you know, maybe make them look good for their boss, put them in line for a promotion, whatever their, you know, uh, motives are. Try so this, to keep that you, might, you might want to try, try, Absolutely. try this line or try this question. How can I make you a hero? Yeah, I mean... And then they're like, what? Yeah. It's a great conversation to have with a problem client. And Steve, that's, that also answer Alex's question. If you can turn it around with a middle manager and make them look like a hero, they're going to fight for you for the next project in the large organization. That's, that's an excellent point. Even better, yeah. even longer term for me is, is, is when they move on to the next company, exactly. that's exactly they're going to bring you in. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Steve, you hit the nail on the head. So what, what about... What, and uh, just let me finish what off that point. about any brief well, client, client problem horror stories that they want to share? Let me, let me finish off that point really quick. Is No, actually. Sorry. That's what to think about when you, when you, when you have a client problem you can't think about and focus on the short term. You have to think about the long term. And by the long term, I'm talking about years. I have, right. I have relationships with people that I've enjoyed for 10, 15 years, and they've gone through three, four companies, and, and that that's how it works. Yep. One thing yep. my dad always taught me, never burn a bridge. No matter how bad it is, never burn a bridge. You, even if it's the client's fault that you have to stop working with them, do it gracefully. Yep. I mean, you yes. might want to burn a bridge if like, people are chasing you. 
Well, <laughs> okay. Never, like, never metaphorically burn a bridge. Okay, okay. <laughs> cool. Just clarify in case you're in the jungle. Oh my god. Or something. This just turned out to a Dungeons and Dragons session. So, Alex, I, well, I, know. I know you were asking something, but I, well, I want to bring up a point before we run out of time. Well, I, I, I know you were asking something, but I don't care uh, what I'm going to switch gears on you. Uh, part of the reason we, we got on this topic is I want to ask a very specific question. What happens when a client doesn't pay you? You cry. <laughs> you cry to your Natalie group. beats the hell out of them. <laughs> Natalie punches them in the face until they pay. No, I hire a ninja to do it. You <laughs> a unicorn ninja? Yes, exactly. Unicorn ninjas. You can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if I haven't received payment on an invoice in, within the terms, whether it's a net 15, net 30, uh, I always follow up with an email. I'll resend the invoice and just say, hey, just wanted to make sure you got this, kind of the friendly nudge-nudge, but not... Not being tacky, just saying, hey, I want to make sure you saw this invoice. Uh, let me know. That's right. In, in, 20 years in 20 years of doing this, most of the time when you're not getting paid, it's because they literally lost the invoice or they forgot about it or there's a problem that is absolutely correctable, so don't freak out. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. non-payment, the threat of non-payment is actually worse. Like I've had, I had a client where they were like, well, uh, this isn't what we wanted, despite the proofs, whatever. So uh, we don't know if we can pay you for this. And, um, you know, I don't know that I handled that the best way possible. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a scary thing because, you know, when your, your reputation is on the line, when you put a site up, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it's not just about the money. It's not just about whether or not you get paid. It's about principle. And I think a lot of web developers are reacting on principle. You know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, I think where this topic came from is where, you know, what do you do when you're trying to chase a $400 unpaid bill? I, I don't think it's about the $400. I think it's about the principle of that they ought to pay you because you did the work. And I think that if we can get over that and, you know, kind of put the principle aside and focus on the people, then, you know, going back to that teamwork thing, it's, it helps. Cool. Chris posted a great article over today about things you can do and uh, some ways to handle it when the client's not paying. But one of the things I thought was a really Who's valuable that? piece. Huh? Oh, Chris Lemma. ChrisLemma.com. Who's Chris Lemma? He blogs daily. He brings up the point like, if, like if where, it's just, where does he blog? It's a matter of $400. Say I'm about to mute your face. If it's a, <laughs> a matter of $400, is it really worth the emotional? Interesting investment to go track that down. Like, I mean, you, yeah, you try a couple of things, but at some point, they let it go. And he has some other good suggestions for calling the IRS. So, so some web developers will take the site down. Yeah. When is yeah. that a good idea? Yeah, is that ever? Never. That's never a good idea. I don't know. Actually, no. That's that's a great question. That's a great question. Has anyone ever yanked a site offline from a delinquent paying client? I I haven't. I, I haven't. That's not. I locked a client out of their site. It's what I did. It's it's thing to do. Why? They wouldn't. Me? And so I took all the work that I did offline since they weren't paying me for it. But then they had a lawyer contact me, and that wasn't so fun. But, I mean, we worked through it. It was okay, but I just would never do any kind of retaliation. 
in response to non what what point what point do you uh, at what point do you go to court and uh, take a client to court for uh, a few thousand dollars they owe you Again, that if you take someone to court, it's because of principle. It's not because of a few thousand dollars because you're going to spend more in time and energy and money dealing with that at court than you are getting the money. So I think most, if it gets to that point, it's a person. It, people are taking it personally, and they're like, again, they ought to pay me. This ought to happen. So I think if we do what Greg was talking about and remove the emotion from it, yep. it won't get to that point because it just it doesn't make any sense financially to do that. So I was looking last night at a, at a blog post I wrote last year, the, the one blog post I wrote last year, um, <laughs> about something that Suzette posted about the uh, Fitness SF. You remember that? Yeah, yeah that was a big deal. The web developer oh, right, really right. took the site offline. Yeah. yeah. Not just took the site offline, took the site offline and put up a whole thing about yeah, that's for her. Yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Hearing all their dirty laundry and everything. Exactly. That's not good. That's bad. bad. Who would ever want to work with you again? Well, not, not, only, not only did they lose that client, but they exposed themselves on the internet as to how they operate as a business. Oh, this is on the internet. <laughs> well, I know you do that all the time. They aired their dirty laundry in public, exposing how they do business. So not only did they lose that client, but they lost a lot of future clients that they may not even know about. Yeah, it's not a good look for your company. It's not a good position for your brand. Yeah. No, yeah, it makes you look really bad. Yeah. I had a really funny situation once where a client owed me, I think it was less than $100 for a little something I had done, and they didn't pay it, didn't pay it. And then I got a frantic phone call from them saying, Put it, we'll pay you, we'll pay you, put the site back up. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it turned out they hadn't paid their hosting bill either. I got that. I love it. That is awesome. Well, I think, let's, let's just, you know, if you bring it all back, what it really comes down to is that you know, it's easy to get into these projects, especially as freelancers, and just be like, sure, we'll do it, and do it all gentleman's agreement, and be like, yeah, don't worry, I'll just invoice you. And I think that's because of kind of the, the casual nature of freelancing. You know, you're just one person. It's easier to not draft up this whole contract for everything. You know, it takes less time. But yep. really what everybody, I think all of us here on the panel, can agree on is that if you... Um, put the more effort into it ahead of time, really define your expectations, really, uh, you know, detail out the process, when you're getting paid, when, you know, you're able to not be paid, and that the penalties for not, you know, abiding by those, either time delays or money, you know, penalties, then everybody's happier. The client knows what's happening, you know what's happening. If no one's agreeing to it or if someone's not doing it, you have set parameters to say, hey, these are the parameters. So really... Just talking about it ahead of time, not just talking about it, but writing it out ahead of time is the preventative solution. I absolutely agree. No matter how big of a shop you are, write a statement of work. It doesn't yeah. even have to be too detailed if it's yeah. a small project, but write a statement of work and have the client sign it. Yep. It's, just, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an agreement that says, this is what I'm building, this is what you're paying me, and it can take whatever form you want, but at least there's something right. on paper that you both sign that says, this is what we're doing. And keeps you accountable. Exactly. And keeps them accountable because then you're like, then you need a way to track when when a scope increase is appropriate. Right. 
Yeah, and, and like if they decide that they, you know, want this whole other feature, you can be like, well, that's nice. But we didn't define that here, so let's focus this yeah. first. I mean, and as clients go, especially if you're doing a good job, they get excited and they want yeah. to do more and they want to do more, and they don't know what takes a lot of time or what doesn't or what's easy and what's not. And it doesn't matter if it is easy or if it's not. If it's not defined in the initial intention, the initial scope, you should create something else for it. And so you know, respecting yourself and the client enough to take that time to do that is vital. So to, to settle the debate between me and Kareem that we talked about early in the show, change orders are a good thing if the expectations have <laughs> been set properly up front. I completely concur, my friend. Thank you, Kareem. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. The universe is going to explode. This is like a UN agreement. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I'm surprised there's only one in the class for that. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a great way to dovetail the show. Definitely. Well, I think that's the only time we've ever come to a conclusion collectively. <laughs> and you know why it was? Because we're all communicating, guys. And I was glad to be part of it, say. Aww. It only, Aww. Took, it only took a year and a half and five million views to get and Kareem on the show. <laughs> so, so Kareem, we can have you back in ten million views? Is that, is, that the, is that the agreement here? I'd love to be back anytime, guys. This was awesome. Anytime at all. I think awesome. I think need more. What's that? Are you can sign an agreement? We, yeah, sign an agreement that you'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll do that. In blood. Uh, my people In talk blood. Like people. <laughs> well, um, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much for all of you folks for being on the show. If you can uh, take a quick moment here and click on one of these videos, you can watch previous episodes that we have recorded. None of them relate to the topic at hand because we had an earthquake. But make sure you go and uh, take a look at that and uh, click on any of these links here if you see something that is of interest to you. Don't watch the first episode. No, don't watch the first don't episode. Watch the first episode. <laughs> don't, don't watch the social media episode. Don't watch that no. one or the social media. This, please, just spare us, okay? Watch I mean, it 100 it times. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you very much for all being on the show. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.